right, welcome back to our next installment in this series on Arminianism and Calvinism. In the last episode, I began to address the first major objection that Arminian theology has against Calvinist theology. If you remember, you've been listening to these episodes, we are talking about the debate between Arminians and Calvinists who, and this debate revolves around salvation and how someone goes from not being saved, not having eternal life, not believing in Jesus, to believing in Jesus, being saved, having eternal life. How does all that work? Arminians and Calvinists agree in the bigger picture about a lot of great things, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, all to God's glory. But there are significant disagreements we have. I began to cover those in the first two episodes, and the last episode began to respond to some of the objections that Arminian theology has with Calvinist theology. The two main objections that Arminians or Arminian theology uh, has against Calvinist theology are these, that it, quote, violates the character of God, that Calvinist theology violates the character of God, number one, and number two, uh, Calvinist theology violates the nature of a personal relationship. Okay, in the last episode I addressed, I responded to the objection that Calvinism violates the character of God, and now I want to turn to the objection that Calvinism violates the nature of a personal relationship. It is said that love for God is not genuine if God makes that choice for us, if he irresistibly calls us to himself and gives us love for him, that it's not genuine. Arminians say that if we are not left to, quote, freely choose God, a a state of freedom due to prevenient grace, then our love for him isn't genuine. Therefore, God does not and will not give us faith irresistibly. He leaves the choice with us to preserve the potential for genuine love. So I want to solve this dilemma by pointing to Arminian's own position and raising the exact same dilemma. I did this in my last episode. I want to take that objection and and turn it back on Arminianism uh, and solve the dilemma by pointing to their own position and raising the exact same dilemma for them. So to that dilemma, to the dilemma that that Calvinist theology obliterates the idea of a genuine genuine relationship with God, I respond by pointing that pointing out that Arminians already believe that God is not just willing, but actively engaged in the same kind of irresistible work that Calvinists believe in. They are they already believe in that same kind of work. So Roger Olson, in his fantastic book on Armenian theology, writes, quote, John Wesley was not even was not even absolutely committed to freedom of the will. He was willing to concede that sometimes God overwhelms the will and forces a person to do something God wants done. Another quote. Listen to these quotes. Quote, Wesley and some other Armenians have even affirmed a sense in which grace is irresistible. He continues, Arminius, Jacob Arminius, that is, affirmed the necessity of supernatural assisting prevenient grace to unbind the will of the fallen person before he or she could respond to the gospel. Again, he goes on, Arminians believe people have no choice with regard to prevenient grace. Did you catch that? No choice. The choice is made for them regarding prevenient grace. It is irresistible. But prevenient grace does not bend the will or set aside free agency. In spiritual matters, it creates the free will and free agency, end quote. So as you can see there, Arminians have no problem with the idea of God changing someone's heart without asking them first. 
They have no problem with God making that choice for someone. Arminianism says, Arminianism says that God sometimes, quote, overwhelms and, quote, forces people to do his bidding. They believe God does give a grace that is irresistible. That's the point. He does give grace irresistibly. Armenians believe God is willing to, quote, unbind wills. They believe God does things in which people have, quote, no choice. You heard these quotes that I read. No choice, unbinding the will, overwhelming, forcing. So here's my conclusion. It is unclear to me on what grounds Arminians can say or Arminian theology can say that irresistible grace makes genuine love impossible. They already believe in the irresistible grace of prevenient grace. Prevenient grace is irresistible. It cannot be resisted. It cannot be resisted to the point of not winning out, in other words. Any choice to love God after was only possible due to a prior overwhelming or unbinding prevenient grace in which the sinner had no choice. So Armenians already believe that if you love God, if you believe in Jesus, that is only possible because at some point in your life, God unbound your will. He made the choice for you to make that possible. So according to their own standards of what a genuine relationship with of love is with God, they don't have a relationship of genuine love anymore if you use their own standards. The only significant difference I can see here between Arminianism and Calvinism is that Arminians believe God is willing to force people in certain matters, but not in the matter that means the absolute most, the matter of eternal life and death. Calvinists, on the other hand, believe that God goes further in his irresistible work of grace to ensure that someone doesn't die in eternal death. What I'm saying there is, it seems obvious and clear. We both believe in irresistible grace, but Arminianism says that that irresistible grace stops short of bringing someone to faith and giving them eternal life. Calvinism says it doesn't stop there. It keeps going to fully and finally save someone, to ensure that someone has eternal life. So Arminianism ends up saying, though not explicitly, that God loves the idea of a free choice more than people themselves. God loves the idea of a free choice more than people themselves. Let me illustrate this. Calvinism says God's like a father who sees a five-year-old running into the street with a car heading right for him. The five-year-old knows not to run in the street, knows a car is coming, and knows if they get hit, they will die. They're aware. But they think in that moment, oh, it'll, it'll all turn out okay. It'll be fine somehow. Somehow I'll be okay. Watching, all the, watching on, the young boy or the young girl's dad who's running in the street, their dad in love rescues them against the child's will. That's what Calvinism says, if I were to illustrate the theology. Arminianism, on the other hand, says God's like a father who sees his five-year-old running into the street with a car heading right for them. The five-year-old knows not to turn in the street, knows the car is coming, knows that they might die if they get hit, but they think in the moment, oh, it's okay, it'll, it'll work out, okay, it'll be fine, I'll be fine, I can run into the street. And watching on, the father, in order to preserve a free choice of love for years to come, allows the toddler to run in the street, get hit, and die. The father loved the idea of his son or daughter having a genuine love for him more than the child himself. 
He loved the idea of a free choice of love more than the child himself. So here's my question. How does it follow that the father who lets the child die is more loving than a father who violates the toddler's will to save him? Because that's what Arminianism says. Arminianism says the father who lets the child die in the illustration is more loving than the father who violates his will to save him. The reality is we all know that genuine love, true love, is going to go and save that toddler regardless of what the toddler's thinking, feeling, or willing in that moment. That's not something we would ever conclude in that scenario, that the, that the father who just lets him run is more loving. That father would, in the illustration, probably go to prison. But Arminianism seems to be asking us to conclude that about God, that somehow because God loves the idea of a free choice as they define it, that that, that makes him more loving. Um, that's what we're being forced to conclude. The reality is we violate the wills of our toddler children repeatedly every single day to save them from themselves. Any parent knows that. Uh, they choose to touch the hot stove and we stop them. They choose to climb into the dryer and we stop them. Violating someone's will is actually the most loving thing someone can do for another person in certain instances. Like a child running into oncoming traffic. So let me put this politely. I couldn't care less about an Arminian's idea of what genuine love is if it means that God leaves it up to me to choose eternal life or not. In other words, here's the prayer. God, do whatever you have to do to save me from my idiotic, sinful self. If I had to choose between eternal damnation that I freely chose or eternal life due to God violating my will, then please, God, violate my will. Save me from myself. Take over. Or I'll just use Arminian language here. Unbind me. Force me. Overwhelm me. Leave me no choice in the matter. That's all Arminian theology language right there. Save me single-handedly if that's what it takes. So in all of this, let me make clear again that Calvinists do not actually believe that God violates our will or forces us or bends our will. It's so much better. It is so much better in Calvinist theology. God gives us new wills that will the good, the beautiful, the true. Ezekiel 36, 26, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Calvinist theology is not saying you believe in Jesus, even though deep down you really don't and you don't want to, but you're just kind of like being forced robotically to. No, it's so much better. No, you actually want to believe in Jesus. You want to love him. You want to trust him because you've been given a new heart and a new spirit and the heart of stone has been removed. So to conclude this, the Arminian objections to Calvinism, I think, turn back on them with greater force. Arminians, if God is so loving as you say, why isn't God willing to single-handedly save a single person? Because of the idea of genuine love based on freedom of choice? All right. So why does God seem to love the idea of free choice more than an individual's actual life? At least Calvinists... Calvinist theology think that God loves people too much to let them go to hell forever due to their own evil stupidity. Hope this is helpful. We are turning next to election. <laughs>